0: What's up, YouTube? It's Robert. I already—I forgot my intro. Like in the in the split second. What's up, YouTube? I'm Robert, and this is the Biker Bar Podcast live stream. Oh my god, that was amazing! I can't believe it. Episode 85, man. I got this intro dialed. I can't. (laughs) So here we are. Today's guest is Dusty Betty. If you guys don't know who she is. She also goes by Tess, which is her real name. It's very confusing to me and probably most of the world that she's not actually Betty. Let's find out why later. But first, I want to ask you guys to help me quit my job. That would be really cool. And the way that I need to do that is I need as many of you guys to sign up for Patreon as possible so I can pay my mortgage. That would be really fun. So seriously though, it's a buck a month. If you want to join Patreon, you can get yourself some coupons for five bucks a month. You can pay my mortgage and buy some beer. That would be cool. You get a sticker pack and exclusive content that I've been making only for Patreon. And um, I used to just do like it like extended cuts on there, and uh, it would be like the rough cut before I I, I polished it all up for my videos and. Just recently, I decided to try to commit to doing one a week and sometimes it's one every other week, but these are actually videos that are only on Patreon. So the edits aren't as polished as like the stuff that's on the channel normally, but it's a little bit more fun. And I thought that it would be something that is unique just to Patreon for the people that are on there. So you can do that. Or if you wanna really like make sure that not only am I paying my mortgage, and drinking beer, that I have a little spending money to buy bike parts with, that would be really rad. You could join the twenty five dollars tier, and that comes with a whole bunch of swag or merch or whatever you want to call it. You go on the site, check it out. That be that be super sick too. If there's something that you guys think I should add on there, like a different tier, you can you can actually make your own tier. You could do like a hundred and fifty dollars tier if you wanted to, or a twelve dollars and twenty seven cent tier. You can you can actually put in whatever you want. That would be rad. I don't know if I said that would be random too many times, but I probably did. I feel like I'm rambling, but hey, this is this is the way it goes on my podcast. I can do whatever I want, I guess, huh? <laughs> do you guys want something free, dude? Go to Instagram or Facebook. Check that out, at BikerB1. There's all kinds of content on there. Um, as much as I can post, I'm, I try to do something on there every day, and sometimes I realize that I like forgot I haven't done it for a couple days. <laughs> So if you want some free stuff that's inconsistent, go over there and check it out. Other than that, I always tell you guys to go by the shop at the biker website, B1KER. There's a shop on there. I just put new merchandise up there as well. Some new shirts like the one I'm wearing. This is the B1KER shirt because everybody has about about a million different ways that they like to say the name of the channel. And B1KER is one of them. So I thought it would be funny to actually embrace it instead of being upset with it. And I made a B1KER shirt. So it's got a pretty cool little flag on the, on the sleeve says only takes a bike. And, uh, one person told me they were going to buy the shirt, but that's a a Santa Cruz and they don't like Santa Cruz. So help me out buy the one that he didn't want to (laughs) buy. Those are all made directly whenever you order them. So I'm not carrying a bunch of stock and I do that so I can keep the prices low. And honestly, you're getting a t-shirt and I'm getting five bucks. That's about how it works out. So if you guys want to support the channel, do that. If you don't, the, the least you could do is subscribe and like the the video that you're watching or the, the whatever. Subscribe to the channel. That's really cool. Tell your friends, tell them to subscribe, listen to the podcast, do all the things. I think you guys have probably heard this a bunch of times, but if not, here you go. Do all the things. There you go. I summed it all up. In a couple of words, I could count it really quick, but I'm not usually really good at that counting thing. Let's go ahead and bring Tess back on. All right, so I can stop rambling. What's up, Tess? How's it going?
1: Hey, I'm doing great. It's great to be here.
0: Yeah, yeah, man. It, we um, we took a while to get this thing actually like worked out. I think we we've been talking about this for like a couple months or something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it <laughs> took a while, and I mean, you know, life is crazy, and then I'm also like. Notoriously shy about going live, but I was yeah, like, Come on, yeah. Robert, I'll do it.
0: <laughs> I know. I was even telling Katie um, earlier, I was, I was like, yeah, Tessa's nervous. And she's like, why? And I said, I don't know. She usually has her husband on too, so that he can kind of fill in the blanks for her. But I'm really proud of you for, uh, for for putting yourself out there for this i said but it was funny too i was like so, you, so she's really shy but she has a youtube channel that's kind of funny in it
1: i know <laughs> it doesn't make any sense except it does
0: I, yeah right? <laughs> believe me i know exactly how that goes what um what was it that got you like in the space that you wanted to do it in the first place
1: um well i kind of took a while to get into mountain biking. My husband, Steve from Hardtail Party Channel, he's been mountain biking since he was in his teens. And when we got together in our early 20s, he gave me lots of opportunities to try it, didn't really get into it. Finally, when I was about 30, I was like, ooh, this is awesome. And then I was totally into it. And there wasn't a lot of content at the time being created by women. And I and that was what I was searching for. So I thought, I'm not really finding the kind of videos that I would like to find.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and so that was kind of my goal was to kind of create that and i feel like um like i love you know joe Kittner and vi Everbeak and yolanda neff and um,
3: mm-hmm.
1: all those pros but i also realized that um for me as a beginner that was almost intimidating and i wasn't into yeah. following uh-huh. racing and i think there are a lot of there are a lot of other ladies out there who can relate to that as well who they want something that just feels a little more approachable. And so that was kind of my goal.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That makes sense. Um, I think your, your speakers might be up just a little bit because I keep hearing myself talk every once in a while, but um, in the meantime, I'll ramble about something else. I'm not hearing it right now. So um, yeah, that's really interesting because you know, it's definitely um, pretty male dominated sport. However, you're seeing the the female side grow a lot you know it definitely is and um that's good to see you know in some cities for some reason are like way more like women riding there than others have you i mean you guys traveled a lot did you notice that too
1: yeah for sure there were some areas where you hardly see any women and then you'd be in places like Colorado and Montana you'd see probably just as many women out there as men. I would say definitely you're, you're kind of on the right track, but in general, I mean, mountain biking is on the rise and I do think it's kind of like getting, you know, there's still more men in it than women, but you're starting to see it shift a little bit closer to a balance point as time goes on. And I think that's going to continue. You know, when I, when I started my channel, when you searched on YouTube, which is the number two search engine in the world, you search women's mountain biking, it mostly was like chicks in bikinis posing on bikes. And I was like, <laughs> bull crap. I was like, that is not what I am looking for. Um. So, so, you know, it's, it's cool to see that when you search that now, you're finding much more relevant stuff to women who mountain bike.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, I think it's definitely yeah. getting better.
0: I know I was up in Bend last year and, and it was like, it seemed like, there was just as many women on the trails as it was guys. And it really like stood out to me. I was like, oh wow, this is crazy. Cause around here, I don't, I definitely can't say that. You know, um, my lady, we just started, we um made friends with a, a couple that rides as well. And, you know, one of the things that my lady says, like, it's so nice to be able to ride with another girl, you know, <laughs> because it's like us guys, as much as we like to, Make the uh, inappropriate jokes that we like to make. It probably just doesn't seem fun to her.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, and I totally get that. And i I ride with a lot of guys too. A lot of my friends that I ride with. It's just kind of you just ride with whoever's available. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's definitely something special about when you can ride with other women,
2: yeah. either
1: just other women or or a group that has women in it as well. It just I don't know what it is about it, but I think for some reason it just takes the intimidation and intensity down and I think most of the guys that I ride with are really cool they're not like these you know machismo guys who have like something to prove and you know yeah, they're really yeah. you know cool you know with whoever they ride with but um, but it's still for some reason it's just a little bit different when you when you get to ride around other
3: women too it, it unlocks yeah. something I think
0: no I can totally understand I mean like I, I was thinking about it the other day when we were riding in I would say, like, if I was writing with a bunch of women that um, and I was the only guy that I could definitely understand that the, the difference It's like, it, I don't know why that is either. You know, it's not like I, I'm like some kind of chauvinist or something like that, you know, but I was just thinking about like, oh, OK, how about whenever I was like the DD for this group of ladies and all the wine tasting is like, by the end of the day, I'm like, all right, I'm over this, you know? <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> we'll invite you to Sedona lady shred next time you're in town. In if the, you want to yeah. see what it's like, it's uh, cool. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but the other thing that's interesting too, is like, um, then there's like, you know, like products that the way that it fits a woman's body compared to a man's body is like totally different, you know? And, um, I know, my lady she um like shorts she was like this is just ridiculous trying to find shorts that like actually fit good you know
1: yeah and I think man I think it's improving but the other thing that's tough sometimes with apparel is like even amongst women we have so many different body types Yeah. yeah so it's almost like you have to like spend so much money and try so many different things before you figure out, okay, this is the brand of short that fits my body the best. Yeah. And then, oh, this brand is better for like my friend, so-and-so who's shaped more like this. And yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's a little bit tough because you know, I mean, even women, you can't even put us all in the same category. It's the same for yeah. guys, yeah. you know, like we all have different body shapes, yeah. but it is cool to see some things like having more and more women specifics, like stuff, like you know, I think like hydration packs for a really long time they were just unisex, but they were they were really men's, <laughs> yeah. and so it, it didn't quite fit the, the female proportions always as well. But mm-hmm. I think that's changed now. You see women specific packs, and I think women specific hip packs will kind of be the next thing because. You know, if you're on the more petite side of things, like those things are like maxed out, cinched down. And so mm-hmm. it's getting better as more women hop on board in the sport. And so, you know, I always say to ladies, like if there's a brand that you like what they're doing, but it doesn't fit you, like let them know. Because they really, you know, especially talking to all these companies, you realize they, they do start to take that feedback into account, especially if it's not yeah. going heard more than once.
0: Yeah,
2: that's interesting you say that
0: about the hip talks. Um I um, I bought a couple of them recently, and I they there's like only one that I like so far that I've actually used, and all the rest of them I have the same problem with. and it's just like I have that like that no acetol problem, you know. so
2: mm-hmm.
0: so it's just like uh, <laughs> and I think I, I was watching your video the, earlier, and you were talking about like wearing it around your belly, and I think that um I wear mine lower, and I think that just like contributes to the the problem. So it just seems like it kind of comes off, but um, yeah. then if well, I get I, it, like, huh?
1: I was going to say, it's tough, too, if you're one of those people who doesn't really have a butt, because then the small of your back yeah. is more like a line.
0: Yeah, that's what I got. <laughs> I got that. <laughs> and uh, it, yeah, I was like, I, I even tried to get fat, and I, that didn't work. I just I had a bigger belly and just pushed it down more. <laughs>
1: yeah, oh, it's Yeah, it's so tough to just get it just right we all have such different body types and i think it's different too because i feel like um i think there's less variation in body types amongst Mm -hmm. athletes to be honest because they do this all day every day and they they train for a living but for those of us who are recreational riders it's like there's just so much variety you know in the human body and yeah Mm -hmm. it's it's interesting finding all the things to get them to fit well it's tough
0: yeah yeah, I bought two of those EVOC ones, and th- those things aren't cheap either, man. Yeah. And uh, everybody was, like, super amped off that one that has kind of the the stretchy, like, waistband. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I definitely will say it was probably one of the more comfortable ones, but um, it just doesn't, it, like, I still, I feel like you just put too much weight back there, and they just, they pull down too much, you know, and then I like cinch it down so much to ride and it just is like irritating. You know?
3: Yeah, it's not one, comfortable, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. But that one at least has like these like little straps that like you can pull so it loosens it a little bit and then you can just yank them back again whenever you're about to descend. But there's a small company, I don't know if they probably they probably reached out to you too. There's a guy like in um, Utah, I think it's like Lab uh, yes. Austra. I love love his freaking hip pack it's like perfect i don't know what it is exactly that makes it so perfect but like the buckle is kind of on the side instead of like in the middle of your belly which i think is genius because like, like why does everybody else put it in the middle i don't know like you're all bent over right there right And then um, I just like that it's super simple. I I wanted, I was really looking for something I can just throw like two bottles in if I have one bottle on my bike, or even if I have two bottles on my bike, like it's just as much as a, almost as much as a Camelback then at that point. And it's like, Mm -hmm. just light, easy to use, like the bottles just come in and out. Like that EVOC one is like a pain to put the bottles in and out. Like it's It's like, you gotta be a magician, you know? (laughs)
1: I've kind of gotten used to it, but it's yeah. true. That one, what is it? Lab something lab,
0: lab Austria or something like that. Yeah. 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 Like, Steve yeah. has
1: one of those and I've used it a couple of times and it is awesome. It's really comfortable. It's a really well thought out design. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it, the one thing about it. I will say is it's like, because the, um, the pouch between the two water bottle holders is so small. You can hear sirens going on yeah. in the background. Um, uh, but because it, it's so small, it's more of like a CO2 cartridge kind of ride. If you're going to take that pack, you can't uh-huh. like quite fit a pump in it. But right. that pack is awesome. And it's not that expensive either.
2: Uh-uh,
0: no, it is. But I, I think the other thing that I did, though, when I decided to start wearing a hip pack, because... I knew that the thing that was making it fall down on me or having problems with it was because they were just got heavy, especially when you filled them up like if it had a bladder in it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I I spent the money to buy that um that one up pump that you can put the EDC tool into. And then I just have two of the brackets so I could switch in between my my hardtail and my uh full suspension. And honestly, I I that tool has been really good. I used to be this guy that like carried a ton of stuff, and I feel like everything I've needed has been in that tool. So, like,
1: yeah, and I feel like I I was always so tempted to overload my hit packs, yeah. and then I started doing more stuff like you did, like trying to switch more stuff to bracketing it and putting it on your bike. Like, I've got yeah. like a little a little frame bag that I that I mm-hmm. wear put in my bike, and that carries a lot of my tools. And since I did that, like, that's another thing that I feel like has helped my packs fit, hip packs fit a little bit better is not trying to overfill them quite as much. Because yeah. it's true, once you, like, if you max them out in water capacity and then you've got your tools, it is so awkward
3: to wear.
0: Yeah, yeah I kind of just came to the conclusion that if I need to carry stuff, I'll carry a Camelback. You know, like, if it's like, okay, we're going to go film and I want, you know, my drone or whatever else. Cause I bought another one, another one of those EVOC packs that I can put my drone in and a camera and it carries like one bottle, but that has like the regular strap on it. I'm like, why did they not put the cinchy strap? That's so amazing on all of their packs. Like, I don't understand that. So like that thing is like cool. If I really want to like wear a hip pack and carry a little bit of stuff and just kind of deal with it, but it's still not like ideal, you know? yeah it's kind of i don't know it's it's like sometimes don't you feel like you could just like have your own company that you could just like all right we're gonna fix this problem we're gonna fix this problem you know but like my product would be all over the place it'd be you know it's like not just hydration packs it'd be like there's one and then
2: yeah
0: then there's one other thing i do have a a little bag too that um this original free range guy he's from arizona i think you guys probably know who he is as well free range yeah yeah and uh i he has a little bag that um is like super compact that you could put either a beer in or a couple of tools and and it has like like a stretchy kind of ropes that attach it to your bike and i can put it under my seat and one of the things that i was upset that i wasn't carrying anymore whenever I switched to the hip pack and stuff was I didn't have a first aid kit anymore. I wasn't carrying that. And so I put one of those and it's like underneath my seat and it's small and it's compact and it's not easy to get in and out of. So, but it's like, I don't ever really open it, you know? So, But it it makes me feel better to know that I have like some bandages and stuff like that just because sometimes some weird stuff has happened on the trail and like, I don't know what that stuff's called. It's, it looks like an ACE bandage, but it's kind of like stretchy and sticky. Yeah. It and just sticks can,
1: to
2: itself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And if you can put a bandage on something and then wrap it with that, like you can actually ride. If you've ever tried to like put a bandage on something that, and like use some like medical tape or whatever, it, it falls off in like 10 minutes cause you start sweating and it's just like, or you're already sweating or you know what I mean? And so I don't know.
1: That's a super good idea actually to carry that. I mean, that's an interesting question. What, what things have you used in from your first aid kit on the trail? Like what are the things that you've actually used?
0: Pretty much that that's pretty much like for the most part, like I, I used to have like in my proper kit that I was carrying in the, in the camelback, it had like a, you know, like alcohol wipes and all this other stuff. But for the most part, it seems like if you don't replace those things all the, all the time, they like dry out and usually you forget about it. So it's like, oh, I haven't opened this thing up in two years. And then I try to open it. It's like, all those things are like just paper. You know? Yeah, exactly,
1: <laughs> like, Tissue like, paper at this point,
0: right? you know? So you're like, okay. So at the end of the day, like you usually have water because you're in your water bottle or your camelback. So you can just rinse something off and then cover it and then wrap it so that it's not like bleeding all over the place or getting more dirt in there and then deal with it. Or when it can there.
1: hold something closed, you know? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, my buddy had like, ripped this big hunk of like meat on his like kneecap one time. And it was like anything that we would have tried to tape it would have not stayed, you know, but it was like with that, that wrap stuff. It's like, I'm telling you guys, if if you don't carry it, like it's probably the one thing that I think is easy to carry. That is actually
3: super smart.
1: I'm totally going to take that idea.
0: Yeah. I don't carry
1: band-aids because I feel like, like if a band-aid can fix it, it can wait.
0: Right. Yeah, totally. Right. (laughs) but yeah, I don't it,
1: big nasty stuffed clothes till you get yeah it, um.
0: yeah it's definitely been good in a few circumstances or even if somebody takes like a really bad like shin digger or something like that you know just to be able to keep it from like continuing to collect dirt for the rest of the ride cuz nine times out of 10 that doesn't happen at the end of the ride you know it's like yeah <laughs> you're like oh great i'm still you know 10 miles from the car <laughs> you know so demoralizing right yeah so um, I'd yeah, say the I, things
1: that I've probably used the most in my first aid kit are ibuprofen. Cause when someone breaks a bone, yeah. if you can get that in them right away, it kind of helps. Yeah. And tweezers.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I have ibuprofen in there. Cause I have, he- I get headaches all the time. So I'm like always just if I it's in the middle of the ride I can just take it. And then I also have a, it's kind of like all in a bag. Like I have it in a Ziploc bag. I have some toilet paper, you know? <laughs> The, the gauzes and that wrappy that thing and then uh, ibuprofen. I think I usually carry like a, like a Pepto-Bismol or like a Tums or something like that. Cause sometimes your stomach gets upset and you're just like, uh, and I've had somebody tell me before, I want to say they gave it to me on a ride once. And that's why I started carrying it. The Tums, like if you start cramping really bad, you can take that and it like kind of helps the cramps.
1: Mm. Interesting. I hadn't heard that, but that I could see that.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. so
1: smart to always have an emergency stash of toilet paper though, because right. you just never know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I have carried toilet paper for a long time and I never had to use it until like last year was the first time I've ever had to use it. I was like, Oh my, this is, it's finally happened. <laughs> but I, uh, but...
1: I'm, I'm a little bit of a maverick with all of the backpacking. So yeah. I don't often carry toilet paper because like, I'll just use like plants and things like that. Now granted, (laughs) especially if you live somewhere like California with all that poison oak, you better be real good with your like plant identification. Cause (laughs) that could backfire in a real bad way.
0: Yeah. That could go really bad. There's so many people out here that don't know what that is. Like what I can, like right now we were talking for those of you guys to be uh fill you in. We were talking about poison oak before we got on, when we went live and, it in California right now this time of year it just comes out like like crazy and it's all over the trails and it, you'll you'll come around a blind corner and it'll be like hanging face level and you're just you're just over it you know so um but i noticed like there'll be a lot of like hikers like we'll be climbing or something like that and they'll just step off the trail to like let us go by and i'll be like uh you're standing in poison oak right now and they're just like oh really no i'm like uh, you're gonna know. You know? <laughs> yeah.
1: Man. In Arizona, all the unfriendly plants, most of them they're pretty uh, thorny, so it's a yeah. little more blatant. But uh yeah, places with like poison oak and poison ivy, oof. Yeah, yeah, you just gotta know your stuff because it can be bad. Like if you get it bad, like you can get it in your bloodstream if you yeah. if you if you don't realize you're rubbing up against it and you keep just like brushing past it in the trail, like it can. Yeah, bad.
0: Yeah. no, it's definitely, Um, I feel like it's just, I don't know what the deal is with that stuff, honestly. It's like, I feel like I go through this rotation of time and that's, it's like, I get it really bad and then I get very diligent about paying attention to it on the trail then washing myself with like wipes or Techno at the end of the ride, and then like Dawn or Techno in the shower. And then I'm real diligent about it and then I don't get it anymore. And then slowly over like the next year or two, I like diminishingly do those things until I get back to where I'm at this year, which is get it really bad again. <laughs> so,
3: right at the
1: beginning of the season.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We were building this trail, and it was like um, once you hit a certain elevation on the hill, like it just kind of went away. And uh, um, there was at one point we were like almost done with the trail, and somebody had came up to like check out what we were doing. They are like, "Oh, we we're working in this area." They're like, "Hey, uh, you notice that's poison oak there?" And it was like, "Oh my god, we didn't even like pay attention to it because it was like." we had been working in this area for like over a month. We were like, oh, this is all safe up here. Like you stop like even looking, you know? And it was like, oh, I think I got it so bad from that. (laughs) Oh
1: man, yeah, you get your guard down. That's, man, I remember being at Sea Otter a few years ago and seeing some people in like hazmat suits, like working on clearing out some poison oak kind of near there. And I was just like, oh, bless those people's soul. That is a nasty job.
0: Yeah, it's really, really bad down there by the ocean. Like, I don't know what the deal is. Like, I, in my mind, it doesn't make sense for it to be like an ocean plant. Like, in my mind, it's like a, a forest plant, not a like next to the ocean plant, you know?
1: Yeah, maybe it loves the humidity. I remember Steve and I, one time we did a bikepacking trip on the San Francisco Peninsula. And there was yeah. this one kind of side loop that it took where it just took you... Up this just kind of nasty not even a fun just like a nasty fire road climb like like power line steep kind of roads just crazy yeah. and a lot of it we were just we were going right through this narrow corridor of poison oak and it was all so that you could turn around and do like this 10 or 15 minute downhill that like wasn't even that great and we were like man <laughs> screw that like yeah. <laughs> next time we do that trip we are not doing that loop it was yeah. nasty it was it was like right above Half Moon Bay. But there was, yeah, like yeah, it must just love humidity. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't know what it is. I remember when you guys did that trip cause it was like really odd that I was in Pacifica and you guys just came rolling up. I was like getting, I was like, what the hell? Like,
3: I totally forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, this was
1: crazy. Was this the first time we'd ever seen you in person?
0: I think so too, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: we're like <laughs> riding through Pacifica like on route on this bike packing trip. And we're like, that's
3: Robert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was it was like, just so random. Figure?
0: Yeah, yeah. That was really crazy. Yeah. I was down uh recently in Monterey with the lady and uh we took the dog, we went hiking, we're like hiking up this hill, and we're like, man, I'm like had my camera, I was taking pictures of the waves and stuff, you know. And then all of a sudden we were like halfway up the hill and I like started looking at the plants and it was like, oh crap. I was like, oh, that's poison oak right there. And then I start looking and it's like everywhere and our lab is like you know being a lab just freaking like jumping through it and like running up and down and brushing all over everything it was like we, we were like going up the trail for like another 100 yards and i and i said to katie i was like look this is not one of those circumstances where it's like well it's already as bad as it's going to get because it's like he's just going to get more oil and more oil and more oil so we like went home and like went back to the car and like put him in like the back of the car and kind of strapped him so that he couldn't be like jumping around. We like, got a bunch of Dawn from the, like the ultimate from the grocery store and just like scrubbed him simple green, the whole back of the car. Like, Oh God, I hope it's not, you know, it was like turned in our afternoon or like hike idea into like this whole like cleanse from poison Oak problem instead.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. Cause you're from Northern California originally, aren't you?
1: yeah yeah i'm from like contra costa county yeah. area
0: yeah that's right so, yeah we had so a like, mutual friend i forgot about that yeah my
1: friend so San Francisco and sacramento were kind of our metropolitan areas yeah. that we'd go to when we needed things that they didn't have in agricultural <laughs> you know yeah. parts of the state so yeah,
0: yeah 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 totally
1: but lots of cool memories from there
0: yeah how'd you end up meeting meeting steve
1: we had a lot of common acquaintances. And uh, so. Is from out here too? Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. really? I didn't know you guys were both from out here.
1: Yeah, he's from more like Bay Area. And yeah, we had a, a few common acquaintances. And it was actually his mom that kind of was like, hey, like, I got this lovely young lady on my radar. And she yeah. kind of made the connection for us. And
2: sometimes oh, mother go.
1: does know best.
0: I guess so, right? That's, that's crazy. That's so crazy. I don't know why I felt like he was like a like, I don't know. If I was gonna guess, I was gonna be like Arizona, Utah, or like Colorado for some reason. I don't know, that's where I thought he was from. Yeah. <laughs> you, know how you like just you come up with stuff and you're like, there's no basis to it. <laughs> Western
1: ish. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. But I didn't think he was Californian. No
2: way. <laughs>
1: yeah. So we so we met out there and um, and then we moved to Utah for a few years before we started traveling full time. Mm-hmm. that.
0: So you guys have been in like in your home base now for a while. Do you miss traveling?
1: Um, yes and no. Like I actually really love having a home base that uh-huh. like when we do go on trips, we come back and it's just the way I left it. And, yeah. and it's nice to kind of have, it's just like a different pace, um and it's nice with steve and i both working from home it's nice
2: mm-hmm.
1: to have a separate room to work in where you can close the door and mm-hmm. like take a conference call and there's not chaos like going on around you like when you're <laughs> living in a trailer yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we do but i do miss adventuring and going being able to go on extended trips because when you go on extended trips you like discover things that Mm-hmm. You would never say, let's stop in this wacky, funky place. But I don't know. You just find some cool gems along the way when you are doing mm-hmm. trips like that. So I, I think definitely in the future, Steve and I would love to be able to maybe get a, a small rig and do some extended trips again someday. So it's like yes and no. Like I love, mm-hmm. I want both. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. I have um a friend that they, uh, him and his wife had did like a year with the trailer. And, um, I, it just seems like, oh, it seems so appealing to me to try, but Katie definitely is more like, eh, I could do it for a little while, but I don't want to like do it like that, you know? So she would rather have the home base, but we were having a conversation about like van versus trailer. And I mean, you guys obviously use the trailer, but would you, would you consider the van if it like money wasn't an object for like, or do you still think the trailer is probably the better way to go? I
3: don't know.
1: It's it's tough. I think I tend to lean more toward having the vehicle I really want, which, you know, like we love our truck, and then being able to detach a trailer and leave that. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, just park that somewhere and go into places where you wouldn't want to tow. So that's, I think, what I'd be more inclined toward. But I can also see the appeal and the simplicity of just having less... And not towing, so I mean, I definitely see the appeal. It's crazy how much like van life has exploded. Yeah. Um, but I also think it's funny, like the people who think that they're like so stealth. They're like, they're like, oh yeah, no one can tell that I live in my van. And it's like, yeah, because you have like a fantastic fan and like little curtains in the window, and every plumber van yeah. has that. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of funny how people think that they're so stealthy
2: yeah um, yeah
3: so
1: I think if you do van life, just just know like if you're living in your van, like people know it, and so just be places where it's okay to be, but yeah um, but it yeah, I mean, if you wanna go to a variety of places too, having a van is is nice,
0: yeah, it's tough for me because I feel like well, first of all, the trailer seems like it's way cheaper, you know, yeah, and I already have a truck, so that that part is there. And the, the couple that I was talking to was saying the same thing. It's really nice to be able to, like, leave the trailer somewhere and then have a vehicle that's not, like, a big van, you know? Like
3: Yeah.
2: So,
0: I don't know. I felt like, yeah, it's tough. It's really tough for me. I, I feel like I want to pull the trigger on one of the two. And um, I don't know what it is going to be exactly. I was thinking maybe I'd just buy, like, a, a camper shell for my pickup truck. And like do some kind of like overnight kind of system in the back of it and see like some shorter trips, like how much I actually do that or Mm -hmm. enjoy it, you know, before I go kind of all in. But I I mean, my daughter's going to college this this uh, this fall, so we don't have any kids in the house anymore. So at that point, it's kind of like, well, we could we could do some adventure, you know?
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think and the other only, thing go ahead. I think the other thing too, like van versus trailers, it's like, I mean, do you like the simplicity and the minimalism of the van thing? Or do you want a place to kind of like stretch out and have like a more like closer to normal size kitchen and the yeah. couch? And you know, so I don't know. It's it's like they both have their strengths.
0: Yeah. I feel like for me, like I don't really care about the extra space. But that's me. You, you know what I mean? And I... I but if
1: it got... If it, if it got... You know, like...
2: Yeah, yeah. If
1: you have, like, a wife or a girlfriend who's like, I'm not going to travel yeah. with you in a van, maybe yeah. she'll travel with you. Yeah. I don't
0: know. Yeah, she seems like she's all right with the trailer. So maybe I just have to... I don't know. I'm going to have to do a trailer build. <laughs> <laughs> They don't have any trailer build videos out there. I'll just nail it. Uh, wait a minute, they're already built. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was some of those, your favorite places that you guys went whenever you guys were bouncing around?
1: Um, Ooh, so many cool places. Like you've mentioned Bend. And like yeah. when we were talking about like places where you see a lot of women riding, Bend is really cool. Um, it gets pretty dusty and blown out pretty early in the summer. Yeah, but but that's a really cool, beautiful, fun place, and not too far from there, Oak
0: Ridge, Ridge, Ridge. Ridge, Oregon. Yeah.
1: So cool. That is a funky little town. It's interesting. It's kind of like a a depressed former logging town. But that town has so much potential because for being like this tiny little town, they have incredible like single track trails. So Yeah, like, if you're looking for a cool place to bring your tourism dollars to, like, go to Orkridge and, yeah, support their little town so they can build that up more because that town has so much potential.
0: I I haven't been there yet, but in my mind, it's like a Downeyville. Like, like just a little tiny little spot, or is it bigger than that?
1: Maybe, I don't know, it's laid out so much differently. I would say it is probably a little bit bigger than Downeyville. Uh Uh-huh. But, um, but there's still like a lot of the houses you still don't see when you're driving down the main drag that a lot of them are kind of tucked in in different communities.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But um, it is a lot like Downeyville, I would say it's a little bit more lush, a little more green, it's kind mm-hmm. of like, not quite in the Cascades, or like the ocean side of the oregon but it's not quite on the arid side where bend is mm-hmm.
3: it's kind of in
1: between and so there's lots of beautiful like green clover and ferns yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah it's cool i remember one time like having like just kind of like a minor tumble off of my bike and i landed in like this big spongy patch of peat moss and i was like i <laughs> was like a best case scenario it was like yeah, so yeah, yeah. Squishy and comfortable anyway it's it's absolutely beautiful
0: yeah yeah they have that mountain bike organ um thing up there every year and i was talking to um shoot i can't think of his name right now just a couple weeks ago and uh eric porter and he was like oh dude you got to go to that event he's like it's like sedona's mountain bike festival but like better i was like better than sedona i was like oh that sounds fun (laughs) like but um I've seen a lot of good riding up there and stuff. And I know what you're saying because Ben's more like the high desert side. And I've ridden yeah. more over in like the Portland area where it is like Rudy and and ferns and like kind of like really good dirt over there. So I could imagine a mixture of the two would probably be super rad. Yeah, Hopefully that event happens this year. I think they were like, I was looking at their website and they were saying something about like, it just depends on the, counties rating on the covid thing or something like that whether or not they can have x number of tickets that they can sell because i think it's supposed to be like july so
1: yeah i mean things are slowly starting to like open up as, as the vaccine is becoming like more readily available but but is but it is still definitely like a watch and wait thing it's it's nice yeah. seeing that like some things might happen this year but yeah it is yeah. tough because like kind
0: of a watch and wait thing. Yeah, yeah, it's right definitely now. been interesting for sure. I'm excited though. It's like, feels like, you know, I don't know, like last year didn't happen, you know? Yeah. But I think as far as like my life was because of it, I was thinking about this the other day that I'm kind of like glad that, that it happened because um, I don't know if I would have actually like got myself motivated as well as I did to lose the weight that I have, if it wasn't for that, you know, like it really, um like, first of all, at the beginning of it, I, I, for some reason, I thought it was like a vacation and it was like, we were eating all kinds of crap and I like put on more weight, you know what I mean? And then it was yeah. like, but that actually is what caused me to get really serious was because I still stepped on a scale and it was like 300 pounds. And I was like, dude, you're not like a like you're not like a little tubby dude. You're a fat guy. You know, like like you're like you can't sell this to yourself anymore, man. The scale says three hundred on it. You know, like yeah, you're tall, but you're not that tall, dude. You know,
2: like <laughs> so,
1: Yeah, um, I mean it's been interesting, like cause it's been it's been a tough year, you know, it's been tough on a lot of people and a lot of families. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's been a challenging year, but it has been interesting to see. How it did shake a lot of us out of our routines and mm-hmm. um, I mean, there were positives that came out of that side of it, at least, having yeah. something yeah. that that really kind of broke our normal and made us like force us to like look at some things differently and
2: yeah it's
1: one of those things where it's like, would it be better if it hadn't happened?
2: Yeah, sure. sure. but can yeah. we can <laughs> we
1: pull something positive out of this crappy situation since it did happen? and yeah. Yeah. so I think that that's that's awesome.
2: Yeah.
0: And honestly, like, I, I really like Katie. So like, it was cool to be able to spend every day with her, you know, and not have to go to work and like, you know, have lunch together. And, um, I mean, maybe it didn't work that way for everybody's relationship.
1: (laughs) It's It's true. Like (laughs) it was one thing that, that Steve and I learned, we had friends who were also full-time traveling and we kind of met them on the road and they had said, you know, like when you're living in close quarters together like that, it just makes it so that any potential problems that are going to come up in the relationship, like it brings them up to the surface quicker. And I think COVID yeah. did that too, you know, like for yeah, a lot of people, yeah. it's like something that maybe wouldn't have been something that got bad enough to like come up to the yeah. surface for another 10 years. Suddenly you're like, wow, we have to deal with this now.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, And fortunately, like, we're mountain bikers. So that was one of those things that you were allowed to do. And it wasn't like, I mean, if they went out and like closed the state parks and like were handing out tickets to anybody that was out there, like then my perspective would have been very different. Cause I, you know, I rode a lot the whole time. And that was like one of the things that was really cool about it, you know, is was like, Oh sweet. You know, like, and uh, aside from parking getting harder and um, you know, the trash that a lot of, people that maybe didn't know how trail etiquette went got worse aside from that i mean it was really nice to like be out doing what i love you know
1: yeah totally like we it's it's interesting what you say too about like the increase in like trail traffic it's like this thing where you're like hey you don't (laughs) want people like taking your trail parking but at the same time you're like oh but this is actually kind of awesome too but like there's so many people out here recreating but yes hopefully responsibly because Like in Sedona, you just see a lot of like wadded up toilet paper in the bushes Mm -hmm. all the time and stuff. And you're just like, no, people,
0: no. Yeah. Yeah. That was the one thing I didn't understand where like they like closed all the bathrooms. We were in the Bay Area one time and it was like, there was like, if you weren't at home, you didn't have anywhere that you could go to the bathroom at. And it was like, what are we supposed to do? Like we had to go here for whatever, you know, it was like uh you can't go to a gas station, you can't go to a restaurant, you can't go it was like, um, where am I supposed to go to the bathroom at? You know?
1: Well, and it's it's a shame. Like it was kind of scary because it started to pretty quickly create other sanitation issues. So it was like yeah. they were closing public restrooms for like a good reason, but then it's like, Oh, yeah, no we have yeah, other like, problems
0: yeah like some of the places that um you know that we ride at like they had you know s- toilets there or whatever you want to call them like the outhouse kind of deal like pit bathrooms or whatever and like they locked those all up so then it's like all these people that were now going outside because that's the only thing they could do are like pooping in the bushes all over the place and then it's just like this is disgusting
2: like open the freaking
0: bathrooms already you
1: know (laughs) i know exactly
3: yeah
0: yeah yeah. so funny like it's definitely not like the situation that you would have like that you would think would happen you know like i don't know that
3: the
1: trails stayed open you know where you were same same in sedona there were a couple trails that they closed because um, yeah. they were concerned about high trail traffic, but, um, but I think it was probably really hard on like a lot of people, like I have friends in parts of the Pacific Northwest where even like their trails were closed down for oh, wow. quite a while. And that, that would have been hard.
0: Yeah. Uh, Cause yeah, there were, there was a couple of spots. I know you guys rode in Auburn when you were here, um, like that down at the Confluence area, they like closed all the parking there. So it like, because that was like one of those high traffic kind of areas. And I don't really think it helped though, because it's like then everybody just parked in all the other spots to, that were on the other side of where they were all trying to hike at. So it was like, yeah. all right, well now they're all parked at the top of the hill instead of the bottom of the hill. Like, good yeah. job. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's kind of bless crazy. them, right? Yeah. Right. So what made you guys decide on Arizona whenever you like, you're like, I mean, you guys were all over the country. And so it, what, why are there, and not like back to like NorCal. I mean, we have amazing riding up here and a lot of it.
1: I know I mean, I guess, it's true.
0: The cost of living or?
1: Yeah, I would say in California. I mean, I don't know, it's tough. Cause like the area where we live, the cost of living isn't like super low, but Arizona was one of those places that we just always came back to. Like when you're traveling full time, like it's always nice to have a few little hubs that when you go there, you stay for like a month or two and just kind of give yourself a little bit of a rest before you go into like mm-hmm. the fast paced travel again. And Arizona was one of those places for us. And we just always kept coming back. And after a few years, it just, it just started to feel like home. So when mm-hmm. we were talking about potential places, it was just Northern Arizona. It was especially yeah. just at the yeah. top of the list, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, do you, do you go out to like Tucson very often?
1: Yeah. We try to get down to Tucson, you know, every few months, um, in the heat of the summer, there's not a lot of shade there. So,
2: uh-huh.
1: um, we don't do a ton of riding right in the summer, but in the shoulder seasons and over the winter, like most of it is uh-huh. pretty rideable. And yeah, we still love Tucson. I've Tucson.
0: heard a bunch of, a bunch of people tell me that I need to go there. You know, typically I go, ride Phoenix and then come to Sedona and then kind of back to Phoenix and home then. Cause, and uh, I, I keep hearing people talk about Tucson. Is it really like, is it, is it what it's cut up to be? Or is it my better off just hanging out in Phoenix and Sedona?
1: I, I really love Tucson. And I mean, maybe I'm just like emotional about it because we've spent so much time there, but uh-huh. I really do love it. There's some really cool trails up on Mount lemon. Like I love the segment, like bugs, uh mm-hmm. to Grossa is like super super fun stuff and then also 50 year is a riding area we really love i i think you gotta check out 50 year at some yeah, point yeah. and ride some of the stuff up on lemon i think those would be the two that like you should really hit there's some other like cool like beautiful scenic stuff too i think the other thing that people that really strikes people about tucson is like even though the vegetation and the cacti are pretty much the same as phoenix there's much more of it. It's much more dense vegetation in Tucson. And so I don't know. It's just, it's, it's like just the desert beauty. There is just incredible. Tucson has amazing sunsets. I mean, yeah. I think it's, I think it's worth getting down there, but I will say if you write 50 year, like put out your call out, you know, online on Instagram to like your local followers in Tucson, because 50 year, like if you don't go there with someone who knows it, you like miss all of the best stuff. And, It's hard to figure out how to put together a route if you're Mm -hmm. writing it by yourself for the first time. So that would be my one piece of advice. Totally worth it.
0: That's definitely a a a fortunate aspect of running a YouTube channel is being able to have like local people that you can reach out to no matter where you go. I will say that for those of you that don't have that, um, MTBR it has forums mtbr.com. And before I was a YouTuber, I would, if I was traveling somewhere, they always have forums for like what's whatever state. And you could be like, I met a lot of people in the Portland area from that. I would just get on their Oregon, Oregon forum and be like, Hey, I'm coming to Portland like this weekend. I want to ride. This is how much I usually ride and how much elevation I usually do. Um, anybody want to show me around? And every time somebody would show me around, you know, and it was like, Oh, this is rad. So you guys can do the same thing i'm sure there's an arizona board there but yeah that's the nice thing about having a youtube channel it's definitely like there's not a lack of people willing to like guide you around
1: <laughs> yeah totally and even like for people who don't have youtube channels just like i've had a lot a lot of luck with instagram too even before i was doing this just following other mountain bikers and and we were traveling so i could be like hey we're gonna be in this area does anybody know like good trails to ride and then maybe someone mentions you uh like um reaches out to you in your messaging and you're like hey do you want to ride with me you know so i mean there's like following other people who like to do the things you like to do and you like the things that they're posting even if like they don't have massive platforms there's always people who like get suggested or people you see you keep seeing them like commenting on people who's stuff you like and
0: so it's, yeah. it's
1: amazing the ability to like network and meet people online
0: yeah yeah totally it's definitely um it, it's it's a it's a different world you know than like when we were kids so it's definitely uh it's interesting I mean the only way that you knew other riders was like going to the bike shop and meeting them there or like seeing them on the trail or something you know what I mean because even like I mean when I started mountain biking it was like the 90s like nobody mountain biked, you know, <laughs> like there was like nobody doing it. So it's definitely a lot easier to come up with people and to do it now. I, I, I would imagine that i like, when I moved up here, I'm trying to think of like, how did I like meet people? And I, I guess, yeah. Cause I, I, cause I stopped riding for a while I think it was around 2006. I started again. And, um, I, I use those, bor- the forums, actually, I remember the first guy that took me out to this trail, this local trail. And, uh, yeah, it's funny because that trail I thought like, wow, this is like real mountain biking, like this is legit, you know. And now like where I'm at skill set wise, I'm like that's like an XC trail. Like I'm, I mean, I guess I would ride it if I want to get some exercise, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like it's funny how your progression changes things.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's mm-hmm. always fun to go back and ride stuff that you rode at like a different point in your journey, and like even if it's a trail that's still enjoyable to just see how much like your perception can change over time. It's kind of cool. It's neat.
0: Yeah. Did you guys, you guys probably didn't ride Georgetown whenever you were here. Did you?
1: No, we didn't. But I remember you telling us about it. And I, that sounds really fun. I'd love to try that.
0: Yeah. I just went up there again, like a weekend ago, last weekend. And uh, it's the first time I was there in like two years. So, in the last two years, my skill set has changed dramatically, especially the last year, and um, it was crazy to me for something that I that I to like realize how fast I was going compared to before, where there was like in my mind like oh I know there's a technical section coming up here that kind of freaked me out last time I don't should I take that right line you know maybe it'll be too much for me and then just like poof, rolling right through it like it wasn't even there. Yeah. And, and you're, like,
1: you're almost like, did I, did I pass it yet? <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, Whoa, that is just so crazy. And like, I mean, yeah, it was, it was insane. It really, and I think it was like, like me and, you know, one or two other guys were kind of in the front of the pack all day. And it, it was like, wow, I'm like, not the back of the pack guy, you know, or the middle of the, Like, I'm like, really, we're like leading, you know, like, this is crazy. you know that felt yeah. really good and maybe those other people were just giving us space because it was dusty who knows yeah. <laughs> but either way it felt good
1: <laughs> yeah for sure yeah. and it's always like too like I feel like as far as like how intimidating something is or isn't I also feel like it's not always linear at least not for me I think for some people they're able to just push past something and then it's like oh yeah there are some days where like I'll hit I'll I'll roll up to something to be like, yeah, yeah. And I'll hit it. And then other times I'll be like, mm, not today. And yeah. I've learned to make peace with that and just like be okay with it. I'm trying to learn to like detach the, uh, the ego that I have about that and just be like, it's okay. You know?
0: Yeah. I mean, we were talking about that when I was down in Sedona earlier this year, we were riding when I went across the brewers stuff. And it was like, man, that first time, like I was scared on my mind and you kept being like, dude, you're going to be fine. Like what we rode today, you're going to be fine. And I like wanted to believe you, but I didn't believe you because I was like, there's no way, man. Like I was so freaked out. And like, I know myself too, because when I have anxiety about something, I'm like drilling myself on it preemptively, you know, like the whole climb up there, I was just like, I was like, just freaking myself out more and more. And it's like, we got there and it just like rolled through it and it was like, wow, it didn't bother me at all. But it doesn't make me feel like, like I'm over it though. Like I yeah. still will get the anxiety to go back there again. It would take us several times I think before I'm like, oh, okay, actually I am like, cause in my head it's like what you said, like some days that stuff bothers me more than it does other days, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think you just kind of have to like embrace your journey. And I think it's so easy to put more pressure on ourselves than we need to. And like, that was a really big shift for me last year was just like, like I'd had a bad crash. Um, and I just noticed over like almost the the, the whole year following it, it just, it was getting, my mindset was getting worse and not better. And so I just kind of like reevaluate and just be like, okay, before I keep putting all these pressures on myself and like freaking out that I'm not writing stuff that I used to, like I need to like get real about what it is that I really want to get out of mountain biking. Like, what do I need for me to get enjoyment out of this activity? And, yeah. and even though like the progression needs to be there, um, I just need to stop putting pressure on myself that like this, if I don't hit this future feature today, I'm going to be so disappointed in myself and it's going to make me in a bad mood. And then, all my friends aren't going to want to ride, me, you know? So like, I, I think we got to need to be e- easier on ourselves sometimes. And like, you can have progression without constantly having to put yourself in like a dark mental space, you know?
0: Yeah. totally. I am. Um, that's doing something funky right now. Anyways. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like sometimes that, uh, that inside voice is just like, it's really tough, you know, it's really tough to battle that, that person, you know, and that injury thing is real though. I, I know whenever I, I don't know how bad your injury was or your crash was, but I, I know whenever I, um, I separated my shoulder and I can honestly say that I think that's why, I think that was part of why I've only gotten better in like the last two years. Cause I think it took like like three years for me to like really fully get over that injury, like mentally where I could like let myself go on trails again, you know, where I was just constantly really worried about that kind of injury. Cause I couldn't ride my bike for like six months and it felt like the end of the world to me, you know? And it, it like, it's something that I enjoy so much. So I would tell people like, I don't, I, I would rather not push it and not be a, a like, get better and just enjoy riding my bike the way I am right now than like risk not being able to get on it again you know
1: yeah and the fact of the matter is that like we have to remind ourselves is we we tend to think if I'm not if I don't ride this feature I'm not progressing instead of realizing there's a whole range of things you can be working on and maybe you don't hit that feature anytime soon, but there's still going to be other features that you do hit and other wins that you're going to have. And I think, yeah, we just, we just get so hyper-focused on like one thing that we, we just kind of need to like chill out and just realize like, if you keep riding your bike and keep not being a moron about it, like the progression is going to happen. And um, like I was talking, I, I've got to do like a, a live stream with a buddy of mine who's a coach and he just has such a good, mindset about like this whole thing like especially like recovering mentally from a crash or things like that and he said like you know to be in the flow like the happy place where you're just writing and you feel good you feel like you're accomplishing something but you're just kind of in the sweet spot is he's like you know if anxiety is over here and boredom is over here like you you, you don't want to be at either one of those poles, the, the, the flow, if you want to be in the flow, you just need to be in the middle.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, and like, that was like, I was like, hey, that's like such a good point. Like, I think a lot of people just depending on their personalities, a lot of people might just really enjoy pushing really hard into it. And a lot of those people crash and get hurt a lot. And others of them are fantastic, you know, like natural athletes, and they actually progress into it. But, um, but, you know, just for, like, the people out there like me, just know that, like, the progression is still going to come. Like, you should be leaning into that discomfort a little bit, but you don't have to be doing things that you don't feel awesome about to still see progression, you know? Yeah. And I think that's yeah, one thing yeah. that's been nice about not traveling is because I get to ride the same trails every week, it does help me measure my progress more and be like, you know, I am having wins still. So yeah. yeah,
3: that's
0: good. Yeah, no, that's definitely good. And it's, I mean, cause then you can, you can work on those specific, you know, features and you can know which ones really do, um, scare you and you can work on them until they don't scare you anymore. And then that way, whenever you are out, like you can measure that against, you know, what, what you've done at home, you know, like there's like a little, I've kind of got back into like jumping a little bit, you know, not as much as I, or like drops and stuff like that. And before I would always like, if I couldn't roll it, I'd just be like, whatever, I'm I'm not going to bother because I don't want to get hurt, you know? And I've, there's like this little bridge that I jump off of all the time. It's probably like a three foot drop or something like that. And I use that mentally all the time. Like, okay, is this log drop like that bridge or is it bigger or smaller? You know? And if it's like, if it's smaller then like, dude, come on, you know, like But I don't know. Sometimes you
1: can logic your way through it, you know, and be like, oh, this is a lot like that other one that I do. I can do this.
0: For some reason, I feel like I'm more timid at home than I am when I'm not, though. And I think it's because, like, I know the features so well where it's like when, like, let's just say we're riding Sedona and I'm chasing you down some trail and you go off some drop and I just follow you. You know, and it's like, oh, I did it because I was right there and it was like either you do it or you crash. You know, like, yeah, like you don't have the option. You didn't know it was coming. So you can't, you don't have time to slow down. You don't have, you know, it's like, you have to do it. And I feel like I just kind of like maybe get out of my head a little bit more whenever I'm traveling too. And it's just like, and then I, I, I'm like, why don't I do that when I'm at home then? You know, like, yeah, it's so weird.
1: I've experienced it both ways too. Like there are times where I'm writing something that's new and I'm really nervous about it. And it's kind of like Steve, when, when Steve's riding with me, he can tell when I'm in the headspace, I'm like really, really holding back and not mm-hmm. sure about things. Um, but then there are other times where, yeah, you just kind of get in this just right flow where you're just like, cool. It's a new trail. Probably ride a bunch of stuff. I might walk a couple things if I feel like it. And yeah. you're just kind of okay with it. And then sometimes those, those days you end up actually riding more. So like, yeah, it's kind of interesting. And I I, I do think it's good to do both to like, you know, ride your home trails, but also get out on the weekend, maybe head somewhere that's like two or three hours away, go camping, ride some other trails because, um, it can be good for you either way, no matter how it plays out. But I feel like I've definitely experienced
3: that both ways.
0: Yeah. I think the, uh, traveling to ride your bike thing is really fun. I didn't really do that before. I always kind of just like rode whatever was around me. And whenever I started the channel, it definitely became a thing where it was like, Hey, I'm going here for work. I'm going to ride there. I'm going to, you know, like, hey, we're going to somebody's wedding, we're going to ride there while we're there, you know, and uh, I don't there's something really fulfilling about like, going somewhere else, and then still like, doing something that's like, like healthy and good for you, you know, instead of just being like, hey, we're going to sit around this pool and get drunk the whole time, you know, or whatever. Like, Like, oh, wow, no, we actually like, went and did something accomplished, you know, that accomplished something, you know, or whatever. But
1: yeah, uh, totally. Like, I, like, You just experience a place differently when you have, especially like an outdoor activity. Yeah. And one of the things that's so cool about mountain bikes is you can cover more ground quickly. So, yeah. you know, compared with hiking, which, you know, I hike too, but the thing I love about, about being on my bike in a new place is I can see more in less time. And yeah, gosh, It's a cool way to see stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. I mean, obviously we're biased. <laughs> but <laughs> I agree with you. I'm, I know uh, Katie likes to hike too, and and um, every time I hike with her, all I do is, like, complain and, like, this would be so much better on my bike.
1: <laughs> or do you ever, like, think about, like, oh, if I was on my bike, I would ride this line.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's totally what I'm doing the whole time. I'm yeah. <laughs> definitely yeah. not thinking about, oh, this hike is awesome. Like, I found out, though, if I, um, now that I have, like, a nice camera, that if I bring my camera, then it changes it for me. Then I actually like it because then I can like be taking pictures of things and uh, and I'm like looking for this next shot or it, like focus me, focuses me on something other than I should be riding my bike. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that's a good thing.
3: <laughs> totally.
0: I know we've asked we've talked about this before on another podcast, but maybe um, people haven't haven't heard this. So could you explain to us um, how you came up with Dusty Betty?
1: the name yeah you know yeah. it's kind of it's kind of interesting because it is admittedly confusing my name is tess and my youtube channel is called dusty betty but kind of like the thought process that i had going into it was like growing up in california betty was just slang for like female you know
3: yeah
1: like a lot of times especially in like um board sports and things like that like it was like a really big slang that like a betty was a female yeah and so I just thought I'd bring that into it and the dusty part was just that it's just anybody who's getting out and getting dusty so a dusty buddy is not just me but it's any female who's just getting out there and getting dusty and Mm -hmm. whether Mm -hmm. you're shredding double black diamonds or you're just enjoying the scenery on the green trails that there's a place for you in this sport and all that matters is just that you're getting out and you're doing it and
2: yeah. that was
1: kind of, that was kind of the idea behind it. Sometimes I'm like, man, I kind of shot myself in the foot with that. There are times that I'm like, maybe I should have come up with a different name, but, um, but it's great. I like, I feel like the platform has grown into it. I don't dislike it enough to rebrand or anything, but yeah. that is kind of the idea behind the name. Definitely. So it's like
3: <laughs> interesting to me. It's all the Yeah,
0: I totally like the name. I, I think, I think it's good. Um, I was going to ask you if you would have done any any different at this point. Like, if you could, like, roll back time, would you tell yourself to do something different? Or would you be like, you know what? Leave it be. Just I think I, I might
1: have done a different name. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Knowing what I know now. But, yeah. I mean, it's it's like I said. It's not a big enough deal that I'm like. Yeah. I should have done something. I know, like, Brian from BKXC, like, he's kind of said the same things, like, ah, oh, sometimes I wish I'd done this, but it's just, like, you know, it reaches a point where you're just, like, whatever, it doesn't really matter, you know? Yeah. So.
0: I feel like the only other thing that I could have done instead of the name is just, like, do your your own name, you know? Like.
1: Yeah, that was what Brian said, too, I think. Uh,
0: just, like, because then you can, like, because, like, for me, for instance, like, my channel's called Biker, like, I can't necessarily make content that's not bike-related on it. <laughs> you know? Like if you, if you were, you know, if your name was a little bit more vanilla, uh, but like yours, you could do because uh, it doesn't necessarily scream bike, you know, it could be anything outdoor.
1: It could, but at the same time, like just what I've learned, cause Steve and I did some, we did a little bit of vlogging uh, before I started Dusty Buddy. Like it was more of like the um, full-time traveling stuff, like the RV stuff.
0: Oh yeah. I forgot. Is, you, I uh, that.
1: We kind of learned it's really hard to pivot. So yeah, like change your direction, like you kind of build an audience based on what you're doing, and so, like changing direction at any point can be tricky. If your audience has come to expect a certain kind of content from you, sometimes they'll evolve with you, and it's good, and other times they don't like it, and they'll let you
2: know. Yeah, I don't know. It's
0: tough. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that that's that's definitely a thing. Um, I've definitely noticed my content change over time, you know, and. I'm kind of pivoting on our conversation, but have you noticed that with yours as well? Like the way that you created videos whenever you started compared to, to now, or do you think it's just like getting better at editing or something like that?
1: Um, I don't know. I'm kind of in a weird life stage right now where like, it's hard for me to like balance everything else that's going on in my life with this. And so I actually feel like sometimes my videos are like, I don't have as much time to plan them as I would like, or I release things in like a weird sequence. And, you know, so it's, it's kind of tough. Um, But at the same time, every time I think, do I still want to do this? I'm like, absolutely. Like I love it. And it's, it makes me happy to be able to share my journey and like, like the women who I hear from, like a lot of, it's interesting. A lot of women are kind of shy to comment online on videos or, on Instagram or things like that but they'll send me private messages and like the things that they say to me like how much it means to them it's like you know it's really cool to be reminded there are other people on the other end of this content so I know it's kind of like a weird answer to your question I feel like it has changed a little bit I feel like my content is maybe a little bit more hectic especially the last like six months or so but um but it's okay like you know life has many seasons and Mm -hmm. and, and I'm still super super glad that I do it
0: Yeah. Is it, you know, just being a mother and having a toddler? Is that what's kind of like, like keeping you all busy or you you guys got some other stuff you're working on that?
1: Yeah. Like, (laughs) you know, there's things that we've been doing, like as far as putting down roots and kind of like getting things done around our place. And so that Uh takes time. And then, yeah, kind of balancing that out with family stuff. And like just for our family, like we decided what worked best for us was for me to do more part time work and Steve to do more full time work for now. So we're kind of going with that, um, but it's still just kind of different. And then like, you know, things changed again a few months ago when my daughter stopped taking naps because now I don't have, yeah. I know it's tough. It's like how much do I want her sitting in front of a screen while I'm working since she won't nap. So I can't like get my like two hour work block done every day without having her on a screen. So it's,
2: yeah. it's tough.
1: And then, you know, I got to balance that too. Cause it's like, okay, so now I work at night, but then, Steve's off work and I don't get to spend time with him. So it's just kind of like, you know, one of those things where I just kind of have to like from one week to the next, just as I like in the big picture in my life, like what needs, what absolutely needs to happen this week. And so like sometimes if a video gets pushed back a few days, it's like, it's okay. Cause the important things are happening. But
0: yeah. yeah. I think that's one of those things that initially I was really really hard on myself about you know the consistency and um when they came out and i just realized that like the people that are subscribed to your channel they'll watch your content whenever it comes out i mean they might not be stoked about it being one a month they might not be stoked about it being you know whatever but at the end of the day like they like your content they're gonna watch it when it comes up i mean like that's just the that's the way it goes like every time that i've ever had a break or I took some time off or more time went by than I realized before I posted again. And it, it's, it's like, they're all still there. You know, it's not like the channel like disappeared, you know? So
1: yeah. And then, and, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying like one thing that you and I probably have in common is like both our platforms have grown kind of slowly. And mm-hmm. I think um, like one thing that's actually kind of good about that is it's very authentic growth. Like, you know, neither, neither of us has had like a viral video per se or yeah. anything like that happen. And so the viewership are a little more, um, they're not just like a bunch of jerks, you know, like we, yeah. I feel mm-hmm. like we have pretty cool viewers who like really get us, they really connect with what we're doing and that's why they like us. And and so I think it's cool because when, yeah, when you do have those those times where like, even though we love creating these things, like if there are other things that are going, in in our, going on in our life, like the viewers get it because they're normal people too, you know? So. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. It's tough though, to, um, watch other channels blow up, you know? And, um, and it's really tough not to judge yourself on that. And, um, as much as like, I would love to sit here and tell you that it doesn't bother me. Like, I, I know the truth is that like, I'm happy for every one of them, you know, like I'm stoked when I, see somebody open up a new channel and they just get big. Like, that's good. Like I'm happy for them, you know? But it's definitely like, it makes you reflect on yourself in a certain way. And I don't know if that's just my personality that's doing that, but it seems like there's a lot of YouTubers that talk about this. So it must not just be me, (laughs) you
1: know? Yeah, I know. It's like, it's tough to be like, what's wrong with me? You know, like,
0: yeah.
1: um, it's like the, you know, the junior high, age us comes out sometimes yeah. yeah. but yeah like I because I've had the same thoughts I'm like like I wish I could be doing more right now but then when I like stop and think about what that would take I'm like you know I'm doing what I can and keeping everything in balance and I'm still keeping this thing going and I love it and and that's enough and when you know my life changes again in a few years because life is always changing um and I can change my strategy like It'll be okay, but I know it's it's tough. Like, comparison is just like, yeah, it it just it really messes with your head. So it's like I think you really have to, for anyone who's doing this, I think you just kind of have to always like remember to step back and like look at that big picture and just realize like, okay, like are there things I could be doing to bring more to my game right now, or am I doing everything that I can do while while balancing everything and and just like. Give myself a little bit of grace for that, and and be nice to myself. So yeah,
3: it's it's
0: yeah, Yeah, it's crazy. You know, like I go through ups and downs, and I mean, there's times where I'm like, screw this, man, I'm I'm done with it. I'm not doing it anymore. This this like why am why am I bothering? Like obviously, I'm not good at this because look at where my channel is. Look how long I've been doing it. And then you know, but then there's other people that look at it like completely different. I remember my daughter one day was like. I don't know. At the time I had like 10,000 subscribers or something and it's like you have 10,000 subscribers like think about how many people that is like if you go to a baseball game like that's probably how many people are in the stadium you know it's like oh wow that is a lot of people you know <laughs> like and uh it yeah it's it's interesting it's definitely interesting and um I think that you have this number associated with who you are and it's like almost impossible not to judge yourself on that, you know? And I think that, uh, that's the tough part. I think that's really the tough part. And then you have this like weight that you put on yourself about what you should be doing for those people, regardless of if that's what those people actually expect, you know, and, and, um, that, that burnout thing happens or it's like, uh, At least for me, it makes me less motivated. And instead of like feeling like I'm gonna like be triumphant, like I'm just like ah, screw it, I don't want to do it, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Like run away or something. I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. It's just to kind of feel like you just want to get away from it, you know? But
1: yeah, I mean, we're living things, and sometimes it's like these platforms are living things too, and yeah, yeah, we're just kind of evolving with it.
0: But you get those comments from people that are like like you said, like the DM or whatever, it's like, you know, I'm bumped into some guy and his son and it was like, dude, my son lost like 30 pounds because he's been watching your thing and he's so happy and it's like,
3: what? Wow.
0: You know, like, what? Like I thought like, dude, I'm the guy that's like getting drunk on live streams and just like talking <laughs> shit, you know? How the hell am I like motivating people? That's, that doesn't, you know, there's some parts of the, that like running the channel that you just never really, considered, you know, when you started it, at least I, I net, like I, if I was a hundred percent obvious or honest, what would I say? I started my channel on, I probably wanted to get some free bike parts and maybe make some money. I remember saying something like that in one of my first videos, like if I make enough money to pay for one part year off of this channel, it will be worth it. You know, and like, I never thought about like inspiring people like like I wish I could tell you guys that was my thought but I definitely didn't think I was going to inspire anybody. <laughs> but to... it's
1: cool when you have those experiences like you said like running into that guy yeah. and it just yeah it's like reminding you of the human like the oh yeah like there's a real human being on the other end of every yeah. one of those subscribes you know so yeah. like that's cool that's pretty powerful stuff and I think like one thing that you can feel good about is that like you know like you want to be your authentic self and like you've built a platform based on that. And so I feel like you can feel really good about that.
0: Yeah. 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 I think that's one of those. You didn't
1: change the way that you are um, just to get subscribers, you know? So. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm not good at, (laughs) I'm not good at changing anyway. So, (laughs) but, uh, I, I, you're growing
1: dude, you are.
0: yeah, Yeah. It's getting there. I mean, but it's still, like you said, I mean, we both of our channels, it's been, it's been slow going. It definitely hasn't been like anything that really took off. I mean, if anything on my channel took off the, the best, the content that I've made is the weight loss stuff, you know? And, um, I I think that just relates with a lot of people, you know? And if that's what it takes though, to get people like watching the channel, then right on. you know. Yeah. (laughs) So it's definitely, um, I feel like it doesn't matter what number you're at. You're probably always like wanting more. Like, I don't know. Is it like a million subscribers? And then you're like, all right, dude, it's cool. This is just my day job now. You know what I mean? Or is it like a hundred thousand or 300,000 or, you you know what I mean? Like maybe it's a hundred thousand. I I feel like, I feel like if I had a hundred thousand subscribers, I would be pretty out, you know, (laughs) like,
1: but it's like you said, I mean, like when that's, the focus is it's tough because it's like you want to make it a living but it yeah it's tricky because when that is the focus it will it won't ever be enough you know like yeah. so i don't know like i have this friend who she's a mountain bike coach and she's always saying like you know none of us celebrate our triumphs as much as we should and so like we need to celebrate like all those little milestones you know like every time you get another five thousand subscribers like celebrate that because nobody's gonna celebrate it like as as <laughs> as much as you will, if you just let yourself do that. And so, yeah, yeah. like, you know, we just gotta keep celebrating the small wins and and uh, just remember like these awesome people that are on the other end of this content. And,
3: yeah. and, yeah, yeah. and they're great yeah.
1: people like us who connect with what we do.
0: I felt like I was never gonna get 10,000 10, subscribers. It seemed like it took forever to get to 10,000. And now I feel like I haven't really paid attention. I'm at like 14, you know? So it's like, yeah. that would be cool. You know, I mean, you're at what, 30 now? Yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of people, man. That's a lot of people. Yeah, like if you really think about, you know, like I don't know, going to a concert and like how many people are in that stadium, like you feel you filled a stadium of people, you know, (laughs) like,
1: yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I like like,
0: that many people like know you, like, like because people watch this content, they like know you in a way that you don't know them. You know, like when people come up to you and they, you, they're meeting you for the first time, they really know who you are, like, and all this stuff about you and things that have, like, you've talked about on all these videos and you don't know even their name, you know, like it's kind of strange to have, a uh, have that situation in front of you. Like, that's not normal to meet somebody that knows everything about you. (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
1: I think it's probably more weird for them than it is for me because like even before I was doing this kind of like we were talking about like meeting people on forums who like to do the yeah. things you like to do like, that was how I met a lot of my friends before I started traveling was just on forums and we go backpacking together, or you know, whatever we were doing. And so I was just so used to meeting my friends online that like, um, I don't know, like to me, it just feels like an extension of that when I meet someone who's Mm -hmm. like they follow me and they're like oh this is so weird because i know you but you don't know me that much and i'm like oh you know it just kind of feels like one of those times when i was just like going on trip with some people i met on a forum you know so it's cool i i love it though but it is kind of weird when you stop and think about it it is like a bizarre phenomenon and it's fun too because people know to look for me in northern arizona because we've settled down and um I mean I like it's not like I'm not like a super big deal or anything like that, but it is it is cool that like I do get recognized a lot because people know to look for me and yeah. and it's really yeah. fun. It's again, it's just one of those times to be like, Hey, like real people yeah. like know who I am and like they they care and they appreciate what I'm doing and so it's yeah. always cool to stop and chat with them.
0: It's interesting to me when people don't say anything and like, they'll send you a message later and be like, Oh, I saw you at Auburn and you're like, dude, you should say, say hi. Like, honestly, like if I didn't want to be bothered, I probably wouldn't have a YouTube channel. You know, like, yeah. like, like definitely say hi. I want you to like, yeah,
1: I'm um, not Beyonce. Like,
0: yeah, yeah right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not Beyonce. So um, yeah, it's in, I don't know. It's interesting too, when you see, you can see that like, uh, you know, when the person knows who you are from like the other side of the parking lot, they like, they do this like thing, but then they're like trying to pretend like they're not looking like, you know, or they're not interested. You're like, just come over and say
1: hi. Yeah, well, totally. But the thing is like, in my head, I'm always like, I I would like say something, but I'm also like, what if they're just talking about my Jersey and they like my Jersey, (laughs) you know, I don't want to be like, hi. I'm hot stuff. I yeah. noticed you recognized me. Yeah.
0: You <laughs> like, know who I'm, I am.
1: <laughs> <I'm> totally... <laughs> but That's I totally true. know what you mean.
3: I have those where they're like, Is
0: that... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's super cool though. <laughs> it's yeah. definitely definitely interesting to say the least. Um what do you what do you uh you know what I was gonna say earlier that I, I think I should mention too. Is as I was listening to you talk about, like, what's going on in your life, it really r- reminds me of how much it is to juggle whenever you have a young kid. Cause it's been a long time for me. And, you know, you feel like you will never forget those stages that you're in. But, like, the one that you're in right now is really difficult because they're not in school yet and they're like, cultivating this little personality that like knows the meaning of no. And uh, like, like they want to be busy all the time and you're, and you do still have to do your own life, you know? And for me, like my kids have, you know, at this point they're, you know, just about both of them are both adults. And then um, it's been years of not having to like really get up and make breakfast for them, you know, or like, like if we all eat breakfast together, cool, we do eat breakfast together, but sometimes (laughs) it's like, yeah, no, they just, do whatever they're doing, you know? And so, uh, it, you, you definitely have your hands full. And, um, I mean, I, the, both of you guys running your channels as well. So I know it's not easy, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's like, I, I'm at a stage with my channel where it's like, it's making enough money that it's like, it's a benefit to my family. It's like, it's cool to be able to do something that I love and like help bring in a little bit of support for my, financial support for my family, but I'm not like swimming in it so much that I want to pay for childcare. But I also realize, like you said, like this age is like, it's very hands on and it's so important, you know? So I don't want to, I don't want to treat this stage of her life lightly, you know, like I want to prioritize that.
0: Yeah. And it goes by ridiculously fast. I mean, before you know, I mean, was she, she's two or three. I can't remember.
1: Yeah. She's two and a half. So I just think, God, in another two and a half years, like she'll be about in school, you know, like, It's
3: crazy.
0: Yeah. And I mean, once they go to school, then it's like, you know, they have, they're, you know, they're not with you all the time and that, you know, they start developing into having their friends and like the age when they're little is like, that's your time that you really, really get with them, you know, and the older they get, the less time that you get and it gets your, makes your life easier. Yeah. You know, but it's definitely, um, you know.
1: I'm sure I'll miss it when this stage is over. And like, I mean, another thing too, like, I don't know if a lot of people know about me is it's like we tried to have a kid for a really long time and couldn't. And so when our daughter finally came along, like, like the place we were in, like first we were like a little bit shocked and like, Oh, what now? Cause we had kind of given (laughs) up on that for quite a few years, but it's like, it's so precious. Like, I think I savor it. And even though like, there's kind of this, you know, you just have to prioritize your life because you can't do everything at the same time always, but mm-hmm. I'm so, so grateful. And I think I definitely savor it more, um, at least just for me, my personality than if I'd been able to just like have kids. super yeah. Like I definitely treasure it. Cause I realize like, just like what an amazing thing it is, you know?
3: Yeah. yeah. It's easy to
0: take <laughs> that for granted too, you know? Like, yeah, you know, and uh, so that it's good that you focus on that and that you you keep that, you know, hold that to your heart. I, that, you know, you said that. It makes me, it reminds me that when we did the Downeyville trip is whenever you had just found out you were pregnant and you weren't like telling anybody yet. And
1: Yeah. I remember,
0: I remember talking to you about that when we were like up there on that ride. And that was, that was probably one of the best rides I've ever had in Downeyville. I would have said that is the best ride I've ever had in Downeyville because the dirt was so good because it was like sprinkling on us all day
3: yeah but
0: last year I actually had a day where it was like even better than that and just dirt wise not like you know like the, the I think that we had a really good ride because it was fun the adventure of like hiking through the snow and parts that were not open and even getting our vehicles up there and like because I remember we had like had to get the tracks out to get your van through the
1: yeah, that's the, right. Yeah. <laughs> <the, laughs> uh, no drift
0: and stuff like that. And like, it was like an adventure. The whole day was an adventure. So it was yeah, really We like cool sessioned that,
1: a few things. It wasn't yeah. like we were just like doing like bombing, like doing a
0: quick yeah. thing. It, yeah.
1: Like we were chill and yeah. it was fun. It was
0: cool. And th- it was really cool because it was like, because it was like not really open yet. Like we were the only people out there. It was like our, our trail, uh, only our trail, you know? And so that was really cool. But um, the ride that I did last year, I don't know what it it was like. It stormed like all night the night before, but then like that day it was perfect weather and it had not opened yet because of like, like the COVID, like only one of the places was doing shuttles. And I think they actually started their shuttles that day, but nobody knew. So Mm -hmm. it was like, even we went up there to self shuttle because we didn't know the shuttles were going to be open. And it was just like, the dirt was phenomenal. And I remember having somebody with me that had never been there before. And they were like, this is amazing. And I'm like, yeah, it'll be fun next time, but it's not going to be this fun. <laughs> I'm
1: telling you. And I missed it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But it, you know, Hey, these things, they happen.
1: Yeah, so. totally. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, in bikes, man, like even like we were talking about, like, you know, like life stage is so crazy. But even so, like bikes are like medicine for me. Like getting yeah. out and pedaling my bike. Um, I try to get out two to three times a week. It's it's like medication for me. Um, you know, just I think it's for all of us. I think our bodies are meant for to work hard. And so when you get that, like you're it just really helps balance your brain out. And I brain so much better when I'm getting exercise. And so I'm just Oh, I just love having uh, mountain biking in my life. Uh, Cause that's something like, you know, wherever I'm at with my content, um, you can bet your boots. I'm out on my bike several times. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah that's yeah. the one thing where, you know, if I sat here and thought, what would I do if I couldn't bike or if I didn't bike, like what would be the other sports that I would do? And like, it's really hard for me to come up with something that I know would give me all of the same feelings that I get from riding bike, you know, like the climbs are painful and they suck, but like the downhill is like so much fun, you know, like it's like the adrenaline of all it, but then it's like the, you know, the views from the top of these mountains that we go to. And like, I don't feel like, like, like hiking would be the same, you know, like I would get the views, but I wouldn't get that. Like, like man when you climb to the top of like a huge like a real legitimate mountain you know like you're like man there's a small subset of people that have actually done <laughs> that you know you really feel accomplished and yeah. um and it's really freaking painful to get up there like hiking is is active but it's not like it's not like that same level of pain <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like i guess it could be but <laughs>
1: I think for me, because the intensity level on a bike is harder than hiking in, in most situations, like, yeah, it's like you said, like, you know, you work hard to get up to the top of this hill. And then by the time you do, you just got all of these endorphins and adrenaline and you're just like, yeah, like, and it just makes everything seem like it's like it heightens your senses. So by the time you get to the top of it, you're like, oh, like it's, it's amazing. It's just the whole thing, like doing the climbing and getting to the top and then going down, like it just, yeah, it's like this little bite sized adventure. You can have several yeah. times a week when you get out on your bike. It's Amazing. Yeah.
0: And it's like, you know, the, I like the camaraderie, you know, I like the ability that when you don't want the camaraderie that you have this like place that you can go and just like get away from everything. And all the problems go away because all you're thinking about is like, pedaling through this section, you know, or, or that long climb gives you that time to really like reflect on something in a way that you just can't like sitting on the couch, you know, (laughs) like totally, you know,
1: there are so many times where like, I just get so, um, like my brain is just kind of like, I need to do this and I need to do this. And, you know, like my brain is just in like get things done mode and I wake up and I'm just like, okay, like these are all the things I need to do this week. And, uh, and then I get out and ride my bike. And I'm like, I'm riding my bike in Sedona. <laughs> and I have an awesome husband and like this amazing daughter. And like, we we have each other and I have like, like life is good, you know? And I think, yeah, there's just something about getting out there and getting the exercise that just kind of refreshes your perspective. Like you were saying, you just have time to like think about things that you don't quite like unplug from daily life enough to like really process. It's it's like, it's kind of meditative, you know?
0: Yeah. I always call it single track therapy, you know? And yeah. sometimes I know when I really need it. Like, and I'll know like what I need. Like there's times where I'm like, I really need one of those like super fun, like shuttle days with the buddies and like high fives and fist bumps all day. And then there's some times where it's like, I need to go out and ride like 40,000, 4,000 feet of elevation climbing and just like make my body feel like I hate it right now, you know, and because that's like what I need, you know? Cause sometimes yeah. like that, like, I don't know, like when I get like kind of depressed, like sometimes or like really in my head, like I just want like, I just want to like go in the pain cave and just stay there, you know? But, and it, and it sounds like counterproductive, like you're like trying to like make yourself feel worse but for whatever reason when you get done with that and your body's just like okay dude you beat me up like you're then you're like your mind just feels better like you're like oh my god all those problems don't seem so bad anymore
1: exactly that's the thing that i always say for me with like getting exercise is it doesn't make my problems go away but they don't seem so bad they seem i feel like i'm thinking a little more rationally about it and keep it in perspective and i think it's seriously, it's that, that um, hormonal and chemical benefit of hard effort exercise. And I mean, I think what you're feeling is like, you get addicted to that. And then you know, the days when you need kind of more than just fun social side of it. And you know, the days where you're like, I need to like, get this, you know, kind of reset this chemical stuff in my body, like your body knows uh what kind of day you need. It's amazing. It's like, Uh it's like medicine for me.
0: Yeah, it definitely, it's 100% for for me as well. And that's, I think that's one of those things that kind of ties back to what we were talking about earlier is like, that's where that little voice that tries to keep me from like doing crazy stuff on my bike or trying that new line, that little voice, like he, like, because I know if I get hurt so bad that I can't freaking ride, like my medicine goes away. And I know that, like, I'm, I'm not a good person whenever I don't have that like outlet, like the way that I'll outlet it instead is not, not productive. You know,
1: Dude, totally a hundred percent. I feel the same way. And so like, for me, when I roll up to something, like I just keep rolling up to it. And one day, like, don't you just love that feeling when there's something that you just haven't really felt good about hitting. And one day you just roll up to it and it just looks different for some reason. And you're just like, Yeah. Yeah. Like, totally. And then you just nail it and it feels so good. So I just think, ride what you're gonna ride, walk what you're gonna walk, have fun, get some exercise. And yeah. I mean, it, the wins are gonna come if you keep doing that. And you, and if you're willing to like, even if there's a feature that you don't wanna hit, look at it, analyze it, watch someone else ride it. And I mean, eventually you get there.
0: Yeah, Yeah, you'll get there eventually. It definitely helps watching other people do it, you know. There's um this feature that has like terrified me for a while and I was just like watching my friends do it and watching my friends do it and just like the more times that I watched them not not have the outcome that I like was thinking I'm gonna have, you know, the more that it was like, Okay, I can do this, you know, and uh and I did it, you know, and eventually then it was like, Oh wow, like I did it and um but the other day, I kind of like screwed up at, at that feature, and it's like I went OTB a little, like ish, OTB ish. I don't know what you call it, you know, like yeah. not like, woo, not like, like totally like ass over tea kettle, but like I did not a little not bit take.
1: of the oh crap moment.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it's like I, 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 you probably had this happen a few times, like where where you're going to go over the bars, you get your feet off the pedals, and they're actually on the ground. But your handlebars are keeping you from being able to step forward to keep yourself from falling. Yeah. So you kind of go down, but it's not like like it's a slow like methodical kind of roll-ish thing, you know yeah. And uh, I had that happen and now it's like you're like back to freaking square one. like and now you have this anxiety because you're like what I was afraid it was gonna happen almost happened. So then you're like, you have this like new demon to fight again. So how do you, how do you find yourself like getting over that? Like that, that fear.
1: Um For me, like what I've, what I've been trying to focus more on that I feel like has been the one thing that has helped is just like being more patient with myself and um I feel like when I take the pressure off of myself, like there's a lot more anxiety, there's a lot less ego tied up in it. And then, you know, the wins just happen. I think one thing too, that kind of affected my journey was I was doing, I don't know about you, but I do a lot of solo riding. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: um, when I can get out and ride with other people who are like a little bit better than me, but who I trust and who are like, they don't mind sessioning stuff. Like Mm -hmm. that helps me a lot too. Like you said, watching people ride something and, um, you know, maybe I don't ride that feature right away, but eventually like watching enough people do it and just having fun, enjoying the ride, ride the feature or not, um, like one day it just looks different and I just look at it and I'm like, yeah.
3: So yeah.
1: I think that's been the biggest thing for me as silly and simple as that sounds, is just taking the pressure off, um, hanging onto the things that I, that are most important to me to get out of every ride to have fun and, um, and like riding with the right people really helps too. Like, it just, yeah. like, if you ride with the right group of friends who it's just chill and fun, and even if they're like amazing riders, like, luckily, my fitness is at least okay enough that, like, even if I won't ride the same technical features as some of my friends, I'm at least not so agonizingly slow anymore. Like, they'll still ride with me and it can be fun. Yeah. Um, and, and like, even just doing that, like, really, really helps just riding with the right people.
0: I think, I think the right cool. people that have the right mindset definitely make a huge, huge difference on how you can progress where they're supportive in the right places and they're not trying to talk you into the wrong things, but they're maybe coach you through things or let you have your space whenever you need your space to have it. And um, and I don't know how to put all those things into words, you know, but um, yeah. it definitely is like certain groups of people where you're like. Like that day that we were doing uh, that we did Downeyville, I remember us having a conversation about like a little log jump that was at, um, at the bottom of Polly Creek there, and it was like I wasn't going to do that, and then I was like watching you and the other girl do it, and then Steve was like talking to me about it, and it was like you know what, okay, and and it was it was you know that it was like an easy progression, and it was something that I definitely could do, but um, you needed the right help, you know, like mentally to do it.
3: Yeah, but sometimes. It's like
0: the-
1: the social temperature was just right.
0: Yeah. 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 I like that social temperature. That's awesome. But sometimes like you just have to tell that little voice, like get out of here, dude, you know? And like, I think that's what happened the last time I was down to at Sedona and I was on Highline, and I was like telling myself the whole way up the climb. Like, I just want to do that one roll at the beginning, you know? And, and, uh, I remember coming along some of the little B lines before we got there. And, um, watching some of my friends do these lines and and I'm like that's not me I'm not doing that that's stupid and I rode past it and I got down to the bottom of that one feature it's on my video I don't know if you saw it or not but um I remember looking back up and thinking I'm going to go home and be mad at myself that I didn't do this like this is in your skill set dude like this is in your skill set like you are not doing this because I don't know why, you know. And I was like, I'm not doing that today. Um, and I don't know what it was, but I turned around and I did it. And then I like rode everything,
2: That's like not awesome.
0: only the feature that I wanted to ride, but like all the features. You know, and it was like, whoa, that was so like like so. Sometimes you know, just putting that guy in a box and being like, hey, you don't belong here today. You know,
3: sometimes like that happens you, too.
1: yeah, and like you said, sometimes like if you can get yourself into like the right headspace to have like that first win then you kind of are like, you kind of get high on it and you're like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, you you yeah, it just kind of gets you in the right mindset. And then if you can hang on to that, you can keep riding stuff and surprising yourself. Like yeah. I having a day like that. One thing that I really like about um, Porcupine Rim in Moab is that like, it starts out like pretty chill and you kind of get used to like your roles and then you start having like bigger, steeper roles and more successive ones. And so it just gets progressively more challenging so that by the end of the day, you're rolling things that you wouldn't have rolled when you started your ride, you know. And because you kind of get in that flow, like you have that moment where you're just like, all right, brain, we got this. And I think another thing, too, like my friend uh, Leanne, I don't know if you've ever ridden with her, but she's part of that big SOMO crew. She's Uh incredible. She's one of she's probably about the best technical female technical climber I've ever seen
2: like oh wow right she can now. do
1: like she can like bunny hop up a 3 foot ledge like she's really really good i feel and, like those
0: summer yeah. riders are really good in general just because i don't yeah. know what it is about the rock and stuff over there but like people like tim he's an amazing rider like when we were like riding last time i remember thinking oh man i'm going to kill all this stuff cuz i'm in like excellent shape now and that place just humbled me like that you know yeah. <laughs>
1: And those guys, like that whole SOMO crew, they're so smooth. Like they session things, they help each other out. They learn from each other. They're like so supportive and like, yeah. But Leanne, like one thing she said is she's like, she's like at the level, like I was on a ride with her, we were riding hogs. And she's like, at the level that we're riding, like these features, you know, like you, like you decide if you're going to ride it, if you are committed to following through. She's like, if you, ca- if you can't look at it and say, I'm committed to keeping my crap together and writing through this, then you don't write it. And if you look at it and you say, yeah, I can hold it together to get through that. Like I'm a little bit scared, but I can hold it together through that. Then then you're okay. Because yeah. you definitely yeah. reach a level of difficulty with features where they're not the kind of features you can stop on. So yeah. Yeah. you need to at least have the expectation and like kind of set the the decision-making point that like, um, like but once I pass this point, I am committed. I've got to stay on my bike. There's no dabbing or anything like that. Like I've got to follow through. And, um, so that's kind of like another yardstick that I use is just like, when I look at it, it's like, am I committed to doing it? And it feels good when you have those days where you're like, yeah, like, and some days it's like, oh yeah, like this whole thing. And other days it's like <laughs> I'm a little bit scared, but I can do this, you know, yeah. like,
0: yeah. yeah, I think yeah. it's you know that I think there's also something to be said about that that line that you have to go over as well that helps you get through it. Where it's like, because once you crest that top of this like gnarly section that you can't stop on, and you're in the middle of it. Sometimes in the middle of it, you're like, "Oh crap, why am I here?" You know, <laughs> but you have to like, th- there's no option at that point. Like you're yeah. like okay, you you have to hold on. You can't, you know, like, I can't hit the brakes. I cannot because everything is going to go bad, you know? So um, that's good that you have that as well too because then it like makes you finish the whole thing and then you get to the bottom and you're like, all those nasty things that my mind was telling me were going to happen didn't. And this bike is an amazing piece of machinery. Nine times out of 10, you just really have to point it and not pull the brakes and you'll be okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So like you get to the bottom, you're like, okay, wow. Like I, I did this. And, um, those wins are like, man, they're so good. like oh, yeah. and they, They're so good, you know?
1: And I've like totally had those times too, where it's like, I'm like, oh, I got this. And then right after the drop in is when I have my oh crap moment. But I, I'm at least at a point where it's like, if I've dropped in, I'm like, yeah. Shut up, brain! You gotta ride this out. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, you can come back when we get to the bottom, but like, yeah. until then, we'll have a leave conversation. Me alone. <laughs> the
1: other thing too, like in a lot of the like research that I've done on like fear as it pertains to like these kinds of activities too, is like sometimes excitement can feel a lot like fear,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so sometimes like that's kind of where I feel like when there's those ones that it's like I'm a little bit afraid right now, but I feel like i can do this and i'm kind of sort of having to talk myself into it a little bit but it does feel right because sometimes if you slow down and think about it sometimes it's just excitement you're like whoa like i think i can do this you know and Mm
0: -hmm. so
1: i don't
0: know you guys have a lot of really good stuff there in the sedona area that can put you on that in that spot so i can understand that but man i i uh I love riding there, but like I I was telling Steve when I talked to him last time, I was like, I don't think that I could make that my, like my forever home, but um, I can understand why, you know, like he, he he said, I remember when I asked him on the trail, he's like, I love it here. Like, this is like, I would, I love riding here all the time. Like, this is everything I ever wanted to be, you know, like, and I, and I, it really kind of stuck with me. Like I've been thinking about that and like, where is that place that I would feel that way, you know? And there's at points I can say it's Northern California, but not always, you know? And so I don't know if I really like have that, that spot, but I felt like so happy for him that, like, that he felt, felt that way. You know, see,
1: you got to get the van or the trailer thing going. Yeah. And right. Find you spot. Your have you been to Bentonville I, yet?
0: No, I haven't. Not yet. I think I will. Um, as soon as all this COVID stuff is like straightened out because Katie used to go there a bunch for work and I didn't know that there was a bunch of mountain biking there. And then the client that she had that was taking her there, she didn't have. And then just recently she's going to be going back there again. So, um, oh,
3: dude, yeah.
0: yeah, so it's cool because then it's like, all I have to do is like, you know, pay for a plane ticket, like the hotel will be covered by her work stuff. So like, it's like, Oh, okay. I can just tag along and,
1: yeah. All and that, man, that. my advice to you or anyone else who can go is if you can stay for at least five days. Yeah. Or more, do that. If like if you have like time carved out for an extended trip, like do that in Bentonville because like it'll take you probably like four or five days just to kind of explore the stuff right in and around Bentonville. Uh-huh. And then you want to go back and like session stuff, you know, like mm-hmm. once you kind of know it and you know you're like, yeah, I want to work on the stuff that's on that trail.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, it's a playground, it's
0: cool. yeah. Yeah, it seems really rad. It seems like, I mean, everything that I've seen there, it just seems really good. And I think that, um, from what I've seen, I think it's riding that really suits Katie's ride style as well. So I think it would be really because it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of like technical kind of chunk, most of it's like pretty manufactured. Um,
1: yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's um, a lot of it is like uh, like machine built kind of stuff. Yeah. So when there is a little bit of rock tech, it's usually a little bit. And it's a lot of times the the rocks have been like hand placed. Yeah, they're
0: they're put there on purpose. Like, yeah, yeah. But there's a
1: lot of flow, but it's cool. You know, like you can find the right trails. You could find trails with like, like what my, one of my friends who's a trail builder, he calls them dark blue trails, (laughs) you know, (laughs) where there's maybe some like. Some jumps, they're not like insane jumps, but there's ride around. So if you can find those kind of trails, you can find something that she'd pretty yeah. much riding just flowy stuff, while you could be hitting yeah uh, tabletops and some small gaps and stuff. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely like there. There's room for everything in you know my in my riding. You know, I, I I enjoy those days or those places that are more flowy like that and stuff like that. Um, I think if I had to like choose one for the rest of my life, it would definitely be more of the I. Like, my, my secret sauce is definitely the technical, like, super chunky kind of... I love that feeling that you get when you look at something and you're like, that can't be written. And then you write it, you know? And you're like, yeah. whoa. Like, you know, like, Stuff where people that aren't mountain bikers look at it and they're like, Yeah, there's no way anybody would ride that, you know? Right. Like yeah. They're, they're definitely carrying their bikes down that section. You know? Yeah. Dude, <laughs> like, and you've been
1: riding some gnarly stuff That's year. It's really fun to watch the stuff that you're posting. I'm like, Yeah, that is gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> that's
0: yeah. Awesome. yeah. That, I mean, and, and even whenever my skill set wasn't where it is now, like, I still like anything that I felt like put me in that place where it's like, This is like the top of my level. And like, I'm like, I don't know. It just feels so good when you get through that stuff.
1: Yeah. You know? It's and exciting, you know? Yeah.
0: yeah. It's definitely a drug that you chase, you know? And I think that um, I guess that's why you end up having to like get better because you um need to keep getting that feeling. Yeah. You know? Like you can't get that, keep getting that feeling on something that you've like mastered so much that you can do it with your eyes closed, you know?
1: Yeah. I think again, it's like that finding that perfect, flow state between anxiety and boredom
2: like you yeah. don't want to
1: be at either end of those poles you want to be at that sweet place in the middle where it's exciting and progressive yeah.
0: yeah it's interesting but, though to think about like what what how like like guys that like ride rampage like what do they have to do to like be like Get excited, <laughs> you know what I mean?
2: I like, because I can
0: see, like, as it is now, it's like okay, like a lot, like a line, like like Highline, for example, in Sedona, that's like a really freaking technical, chunky section of trail, right? Like, there's not like there's a handful of other ones, let's just say, you, you know, yeah. like without getting like too into it, the weeds, like that percentage of things that are going to make you like push you at that limit it gets smaller you know when you're a beginner rider like there's like infinite options of things that will technically challenge you and whenever you're getting to like the level where we're at like that list gets smaller and then you find yourself like wanting to go to other states so that you can like just go chase these little spots you know you kind of feel like those uh like the surfers from point break you know
1: (laughs) yeah like it's true. Like the trails, like the the trails around Virgin, Utah, kind of near where Rampage goes on. There's some of them that they're double black diamonds, but they're kind of like triple and quadruple black diamonds. Like <laughs> they're not trails that normal humans ride. They are trails that dudes who ride Rampage come and warm up on a week or two before Rampage. Like because even for them, like that stuff, even for them, I feel like they have healthy reverence for it. Even yeah. though they're writing at that insane level, like I think they take it seriously, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 definitely interesting to like see people at that skill level like do what they do, you know. Like I remember writing with um Andrew Taylor, who was a guy that did rampage, and I rode up in Tahoe with him, and it was like, We're all gone down this like gnarly chunky line and high-fiving and being stoked about who made it and then he's like just jumps off this freaking boulder that's like next to it down to like where we're standing and it's like th- that's not a line dude you know like like but it's like in their head is just like oh yeah i can just pop right off of that and land over there that's cool you know the like
1: whole thing right
0: yeah like i remember um that you know that section uh, that like staircase that's right before you get the brewers, but right, where it's kind of like the trailhead there. Yeah. And I was on a ride with Jeff Lanowski and I remember watching everybody go up that. And most people were just like steamrolling it, right? They're just trying to like give it all they got and like hoping that they make, they're going fast enough to get up that stuff. And to watch somebody with his skill set where he like, went over and he like puts his front tire on this thing and he rides three feet over there and backs his back tire up and then kind of flips up front brake here. And he like, it was like watching like a ballerina go up a set of stairs, you know? And it was like so easy and like methodic and like just amazing to see people at that level. Like, like my brain didn't even fathom what he was doing. You know, like there was no like way to even think that that's how you would attack that you
1: know totally it's so cool to see people ride like that it's yeah yeah. inspiring
2: yeah like i remember
1: like um there's a women's mountain biking festival called uh, rome fest
2: oh yeah yeah
1: yeah they do one in sedona and one in brevard and i think they might be cooking up another location i don't know but it's super fun and they have a lot of the pros are there representing their bike sponsors and i got to go on a ride with viaver beak and i was kind of like the trail lead cuz just cuz i knew the route but i was just like like it was so cool to be able to hit a trail with her and like i mean she's she's still the reigning queen of crankworks because covid happened last year i mean she's an incredible incredible well-rounded rider you know and it was so so cool to see like her amazing skill set and watch her hit bonus lines and stuff like that but also, be reminded that, like, she's a human, and it was really cool to get to talk yeah. to her. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Of- it's neat to uh, get that starstruck feeling, you know? Yeah. Because like, a lot of us, you know, we we know each, all of, of the other creators. So like, we don't get that feeling from like meeting them. It's not like, Oh my God, it's Brian, you know? <laughs> We're like, all
1: friends. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. You know? So like, it's cool. Like whenever you get to be in a spot where you're, you're like a, like a fan, you know? And yeah. it's like, Oh, this is, this is neat, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, and I that, do, like, I
1: do enjoy following racing. Like, um, I didn't early on when I was mountain biking. Cause it was just so far beyond what I was interested in. I just you know, but like as I got more and more into it, like even like now it's really fun. I love I think crankworks is probably my like is is like one of the favorites. And then also um World Cup uh cross country, women's cross country is
0: really mm-hmm. fun to watch. Because like own- uh, I didn't I've never watched racing.
1: Just online. Like I usually just find, you know, like obviously Red Bull for crankworks and then And then he always just like. um, So
0: like they have it on like a website, their website or something. They like stream the whole thing, or is like a you got to pay for it or something.
1: No, I think you can find all the all of that stuff, like World Cup stuff. You can find. Um, for free streaming online. And yeah, it's exciting because, like, with the especially with the women's categories, it's not really that fun to watch the men's categories in cross country because there's always like one dude who just like destroys everybody. But <laughs> women, like, there's some stiff competition and it's yeah. really exciting. It's really, really fun.
0: So I remember watching the XC stuff on the Olympics a couple of years ago. And that I remember thinking that that was pretty cool. And I didn't think that I would enjoy watching it, you know. I should go to a race or something like that. It I, well, would be I, so I, fun. Yeah, I guess I've gone to like like Sea Otter and saw some stuff there. That was that was kind of neat, you know. I don't know, man. I, I haven't been a person that ever really got into racing or like most of the professionals that I know their names because I've met them, you know, like I don't really know many riders that are like on the pro scene, but I could see where... I should give it a shot, a shot. It's definitely like, I can see like what you said a minute ago, like where you're like, you didn't get into it before, but now I, I should probably give it a, give it another, another shot. So.
1: And I'm like you, like, I don't memorize all the names, but you kind of like have your people that are like your favorites because they're yeah. good. And maybe some of you just like, they're like uh, Yolanda Neff. I just mm-hmm. love her personality too. Like she's a beast. And she also mm-hmm. just has a hilarious personality and I don't know. So it's, it's kinda of cool and it's fun and it's inspiring. And I mean, one thing I will say too is like cross country has become quite technical. Like a lot of people yeah, just yeah. think cross country riders, they're fast and really fit, but they're not really good technical riders. Well, the courses are getting quite technical. And the people who are winning the races, they're training on downhill runs. And so, like yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, like a lot of these courses have like six foot drops and rock gardens and it's
3: really really cool it's
0: yeah crazy. And it's crazy they're doing that on bikes that are like not really made for that too so they're exactly. like like zero like very little like suspension and just like smashing rocks and you're like what this is not xc like we used to think xc you know yeah yeah that's yeah, crazy so it's,
1: fun. it's fun to watch and well, also yeah. like uh yeah also um what were we talking about rampage rampage is like of course like
0: yeah, it's yeah. just insane to watch somebody like throw themselves like you know over some like sixty foot cliff. <laughs> you
2: like, yeah, just like yeah, it's like how
0: do you even get to that? Like I don't even know how you like progress from like riding on the ground to like soaring through the air doing Superman trips and you know like I like, know it's like un like that's like just unfathomable to me. I'm like wow, that's nuts. Like I would. There was no part of me that I ever would want to get to that, but it's so cool to see. You know? exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, you made two hours, man. You did it all by yourself. You didn't need to, yeah. you didn't need to fill for you. I, I knew you would be fine.
1: <laughs> oh, so good to chat with you, Robert. It's always super yeah, fun.
2: Yeah, It
0: totally is. I always ask people before they go, if um, what YouTube channels they like to watch, whether it has anything to do with biking or not, just because I think it's interesting. Uh
1: um so i mean like obviously like all my friends like uh, brian from BKXE, and it's fun to follow like seth's bike hacks i really like phil he's super cool and i follow of course i follow your stuff those are probably the ones trying to think those are probably the ones that i follow the most closely but there are other mountain biking channels i follow too also um i think it's called roxy rides it's this Stick with this fiery red hair and she's a coach <laughs> and she's like a phenomenal writer. And she does a lot of tutorials. I like that. And uh, I've also been getting into this channel. I, it's kind of dumb to mention it cause I can't remember the name of it. I think it might be cowboy cooking or something like that, but it's What's this that? dude who lives in Oklahoma and he is like a chuck wagon chef for cowboys, like real cowboys. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. So when I like when it's summer and I'm like dusting off my cast iron, I like I love watching those. watching oh, those videos.
0: Yeah. We, it's quite the cook. So she's always watching cooking shows. So like somehow I like have gotten like roped into knowing what, what's going on, but it's definitely not like one that I choose on my own, but I've definitely seen way too many of them. I can understand how they're interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely, uh, it, it, it's, it's an art, you know, it's definitely another art, you know, like they can, they can, uh, make food like, I can ride bikes and (laughs) I definitely can't cook. I'm so (laughs) bad at it. (laughs) I think I should be on that show. Nailed it. Have you ever seen that one?
1: I haven't watched it, but I've seen the premise.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I feel like I would have a probably pretty good episode. (laughs) I'm definitely clueless when it comes to the kitchen. Well, it was awesome having you on. It it definitely was. Um, I'm, have a great time chatting with you and Steve every time, and I'm look forward to seeing you guys in November. And obviously, if you come up this way for whatever reason, definitely let me know.
3: Oh, absolutely!
0: Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to to being back down in Sedona. It's I, I don't know what to put on my list of like what to ride this this next time because I really um was really happy with what happened on on Highline last time I was there, and I'm like should I, I don't don't know if I should maybe try to go over to hangover and see if like, if the heights over there bother me too much or not, you know? So you could always
1: give it a go and just ride what you're gonna ride, walk what you're gonna walk. But also know that like, in addition to like, whatever of the double black trails you wanna hit, we have a ton of really fun, like single black diamond trails that, People just don't think to ride. Like we have so many miles of trail here. So there's lots of good stuff calling your name.
0: I definitely, I know who to hit up for some, uh, for some guides. So
1: <laughs> you guys, gotta follow this guy on Patreon. give him your support. He's a good guy.
0: Oh, thank you, Tess. I appreciate that. I was just gonna tell them that too, but you already did it for me. So if you guys haven't hit the subscribe button yet and you listen to this whole thing, you're doing it wrong. Hit the button. If you hit the if you haven't hit the thumbs up button, do that too because there's like 50 of you guys on here might as well hit the button then it like tells other people that hey, this is good content and um, and maybe they check it out. If you guys want to support me, definitely Patreon's the way to go or you can pick up some, 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 uh, some merch. My daughter told me the other day, I can't call it swag. Like I have to call it merch because like, I'm not cool. If I say swag, I don't know why I've been saying swag, but apparently that's what I've been doing. (laughs) So get some, get some biker merch. I put some new hats up, some new shirts. So there's some, some cool stuff up there. And, um, if you don't want to do that, please just go to Instagram or Facebook and follow me over there. I, um, do have one thing that i want to tell you guys though it
3: only takes a bike to be a biker so get out and be one thanks again Tess.